0: Hey guys i'm brie and i'm jill and, and this, this is, is the pgl pod. pod so what has been going on
1: this week jill what's your week looked like oh man it's been like crazy it, i don't know it's been a very long week so far um it's going to be nice to have a few days to just decompress um,
0: but yeah nothing nothing too crazy how was yours it was fine i know we've all been talking about how like this week has felt so off kilter like it has felt like a Tuesday today. It's felt like a Friday. It's I just know. Been a very long yeah, week. I know. So should we just get into it? Yeah, let's just get into it. We're super excited about the topic yeah. this week. It's a little bit of a, like, different kind of route that we're going to take
1: today. I feel like we've been doing more, like, all over the place um, podcasts for these past two podcasts that we've done, <laughs> but this one we're going to start really narrowing in. So you want to, like, narrow in our topics. So, um... Yeah, you want to give a little spiel? Yeah,
0: so this week we want to talk about all things um, body image, eating disorders, um, and just like general health and wellness and like how we view ourselves. Um, It's something that we're, we've been wanting to talk about this for a while while we were planning about podcasts, so we're super excited. Um, So we just want to put like a trigger warning out there, we'll have it in the bio also, but If we are going to be talking about our experience with disordered eating, eating disorders, we're going to be reading out like definitions and stuff. So if that is something that you don't want to listen to, um, I would probably just go ahead and skip this podcast Mm to the next week um, because we are going to spend a great time talking about that.
1: So I guess we can just start off with the definitions.
0: Yeah. So one thing we wanted to do first, um, was go ahead and just read like some of the definitions for the like common eating disorders, um, that are like defined in the National Eating Disorder Association. Um, because I think like, as we move through the topics, mm-hmm. we just want everybody to know like what Patreon and what we're talking about. Um, so we'll just go ahead and read through the like top ones and give like the definition again, this is from the NEDA. Okay. So the first one that we have is anorexia. So anorexia is an eating disorder characterized by weight loss or lack of appropriate weight gain, um, difficulties maintaining an appropriate body weight for your height, age, stature. um, And then in many individuals, it's also accompanied by a distorted body image. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Next there's um, bulimia, which is often characterized by binge eating and then self-induced vomiting.
0: Okay. And then similar, like along the same lines of bulimia, we have the binge eating disorder. Um, and then that one, it actually has a note here that it says it's the most common eating disorder in the US. Um, and that's characterized by recurrent episodes of eating large quantities of food, a feeling of loss of control during the binge, um, experiencing shame, distress, or guilt afterwards. Um, and then it is different from bulimia because you do not experience like the purge afterwards. Um, and then there's orthorexia
1: which is an obsession to have like proper healthiness or healthful eating like you're very obsessed that everything is like that's that's a um, generalization so I shouldn't be saying that but um, just an over concern of like the healthiness of yeah. your
0: food it's often accompanied by like over exercising too or right, something right. that like I know, like, can be seen a lot in, like, athletes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And then there's just the general – so the one after that, um, it's just called, like, Other Specified Feeding or Eating Disorder. So it's it's sort of the catch-all afterwards. Um, it says that it's developed to encompass individuals who do not meet strict criteria for anorexia, anorexia or bulimia, but they still have a significant eating disorder that impacts their mental and physical mm-hmm. well-being.
1: So a lot of times, like – you can still have disordered eating without actually having it characterized by an actual definition term, like book term, whatever of an eating disorder. And I feel like that's not recognized a lot of times.
0: I feel like that's something that's so important. I know for me, like I was never diagnosed with like an actual eating disorder. Um, but I know I've struggled with disordered eating and I know like all throughout high school, I felt very like, stuck in this middle of, okay, well, I I know that I don't have like anorexia or like binge eating disorder or anything, but I like, I know that I do not have a healthy relationship with food. And so when I was a freshman in college, I first heard, heard that term like disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like finally, like my struggle with food was like being validated. Like all of a sudden there was like a term for it. And it's such a spectrum too. like with eating disorders, like like you heard, like there's very specific definitions for them. But then within each of those eating disorders, there's a spectrum of like how badly you're affected. But with disordered eating, like there's such a big spectrum, like so many people struggle with Mm -hmm. just disordered eating and body image without having an actual eating disorder. Right. And like,
1: Obviously if you're struggling with that, like your concerns with your relationship with food are absolutely valid and you're never not sick enough to get help. Absolutely. But like in like the thick of like my eating disorder, when I was really struggling with my food, I was like losing a ton of weight, I feel like a lot of people maybe from the outside think, Oh yeah, like that's the perfect body, whatever. But like you never see what's, like, on the other side of things. Yeah. 100%. You know? And um, I didn't even realize – I feel like it's so hard to actually realize and come to terms with it yourself, that, yeah. like, you're struggling until, like, you are able to kind of, like, take a step back and be like, oh, my God, like, I'm not okay right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Do we want to – for context, do we want to each go through, I guess, like, our own experience yeah. with, like, sure. eating and just body image, Um. sort of, like, start from the beginning, and then we can just talk yes. – Yeah, talk about yeah, our own yeah. experience with it.
1: Before we even start doing that, I did want to say a point. I This is probably, like, as we were saying, like, this is a very hard conversation mm. to have. And honestly, like, I am not open to anybody except my close friends about, like, my eating <laughs> disorder. Because, quite honestly, I'm, like, absolutely embarrassed by it. Which, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't be because I know that a lot of people deal with it. But I do find that, like, there's something, like, beautiful in being vulnerable. Yeah. And that, at my worst, I needed to honestly, even as simple as, like, unfollow all the people making me feel absolutely awful about myself and start following, like, the people that were super vulnerable and super real about their bodies, because yeah. that's what made me feel better. So, like, even though we're obviously, like, not big <laughs> influencers or anything, <laughs> but I feel like maybe if somebody,
0: like, sees this thing, comes
1: across it, and, like,
0: hears, like, our stories, then it, it can, like, yeah. help somebody else out. You know? Yeah. And then, yeah, for sure. And then before we start telling our stories, too, I also, like, you can hear it in us today, we're like a little bit, I feel like I'm policing myself a little bit. Yeah. I'm nervous about what I'm saying. Cause even though we've had valid experiences with like eating disorders and stuff, and even though it's, it's our journey also, I also feel nervous to say the wrong thing, to mess up some of the terms I don't want to offend or trigger anybody. So just know that like in this, we're just, we're speaking purely off of our own experiences. Um, and feel, feel free to like reach out if we do mess something up or if we yeah, say something yeah. like, we're always looking for constructive criticism. And so we're just doing our best today. Yes, we are. (laughs) Do your best. That's all we can do. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. Let's tell our own experiences. Okay, so I guess I could start.
1: Okay. So uh, I actually like, it's it's not something to joke about, but like, we were both on TikTok and like I saw this one and it's like when you try to glow up and you end up with an eating disorder like ooh, like let me tell you how that relates to me (laughs) because that's what happened I feel like you try so hard because I mean my whole life I have always been just like um a thin bone person like I I've like always had more of like a narrow body type I guess but um as, like I got to college and my body started changing, and even like with puberty and everything, like I started getting really insecure about this. And then um, as time gone on, as time went on, I obviously like gained more weight because <laughs> hello, that's what happens when you turn <laughs> you into a woman. <laughs> so like I started getting super insecure, and like, I just remember telling myself like I will be so much happier when I am thinner. Like I that I always repeated myself. Yeah. I told myself that I was like. Like, nobody would ever want me because I'm not thin enough, blah, 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 and whatever. I am here to tell everybody right now. <laughs> that is so far from the truth. Yeah. I, when I was at my worst and I was in eating disorder, I literally was showering and all my hair was falling out. My hair literally felt like hay. Yeah. I was cold all of the time and I was probably the most depressed I've been in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. and it's just so funny because people have like this like image in their mind that once they reach this point, they are going to be so happy and they're going to love themselves. I literally was the least confident I had been in my entire life because I was so stuck on like imperfections on myself. It didn't matter how thin I was. I could have been literally skin and bone, which honestly I was getting there and like, I still wouldn't have thought I was thin enough because when you're in that mindset, like you just want to keep going for more. So I know with me telling this story right now, I'm not really actually telling
0: my story. No, but that's fine. That's, like, that's yeah, totally, totally your story. Really yeah. cool.
1: But like, I don't know. I just feel like just to get it out there, like you, it doesn't matter how thin you are. You have to be comfortable with yourself in, like, the body that you have,
0: yeah, you know? Would you say, like, so I know you were saying that it sort of started once you were in college and you, like, went through that, Mm -hmm. like, second puberty situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever remember being, like, insecure about your body before then? Or was it really just starting sort of in that college time frame?
1: I remember going through bouts of, like, insecurities and stuff. I think it probably was in college because – and I actually saw something on this on Instagram – but I feel like college norms totally um, promote eating disorder culture. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Wearing the crop tops out. Every girl's trying to be like the skinniest, hottest person at the party, yeah. You know and I the mean? The iced coffee
0: replacement meals. 100%. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so I definitely feel like it got worse in college. But then I can even think back to like fourth grade standing in line to go to recess <laughs> and like trying to suck in
0: my stomach. You yeah. know? And it's yeah. like,
1: it's so ingrained in us. Yeah it's yeah. What was your experience?
0: <laughs> you know? Um, so I guess my experience was a little bit, mine was actually kind of the opposite experience from you. So I always grew up like just a little bit like on the chubbier side as a kid, mm-hmm. like nothing, like I was never overweight or anything. The pediatricians never made a comment about it, but I just, I knew from a very young age that I was just like a little bit chubbier than mm-hmm. the other girls. Mm-hmm. And I remember like being let's see, fourth grade. So what, like 10, like I was 10 years old Ten years old. And I remember, um, my friends coming to school Two of them came to school in these new Abercrombie, like, sweatshorts. Hideous looking back, right? But they were, like, the pinnacle of fashion in Right, oh, of course, of course. And I just remember wanting them so badly, and I asked my mom if we could go to the store and try them on, and I put them on, and I just remember, okay, like, these do not look good on me like they did on the other girls. And, like, my legs were just a little bit thicker. Like, they didn't hang loosely on me, but then the next size up was too big, and it just it sort of stuck in me at like from that very moment. That was like the first moment where I realized like, okay, some things are just for skinny girls. And I remember from like that moment, like it didn't really get bad until I was in high school, but that was definitely the first moment where at 10, I became aware of, okay, Mm -hmm. like thin privilege or like things that thin people can do that like I can't or don't look good on me. And I was aware that it felt inferior to be my size. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I do feel it's like literally so ingrained with us. I know what we were just saying, but it's even when you're like, like young, I, people don't even realize like the first thing that people will say about like their child is, Oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, they're so, yeah. Cute. Look at how tiny you are. Look at how cute you are. Like, I know, like, I don't know. I feel like every time the next generation comes, you can, like, choose your things to, like, make better. Like, there's so much that you learn that, like, your parents, for instance, did so great, but, like, you have to, like, raise the next generation to, like, fix, like, the mistakes because everybody makes mistakes. It's inevitable. Yeah, totally. And, like, that's one thing that I definitely want to focus on, like, for the next generation, if you will, is that every time, like, obviously you want to call, like, your kids beautiful and this and that, but, like, Always followed up with like you're beautiful and like you are so kind or like you are so smart yeah. or look at how strong your legs are you know yeah, totally instead of being talking ashamed, about strength yeah right that like oh my legs and thighs are too big but like okay you could go run like five <laughs> miles like that's awesome you yeah know? it totally. doesn't matter how big they are yeah,
0: yeah I like fo- yeah I like focusing on like the compliments even you're beautiful like yes that is focusing on the outward appearance but I think like that is, I think that's still a nice compliment to get. And it's yeah. way less toxic than saying something like, Oh, you look so thin. You look oh so my good. God, I Cause know. I know that like that characterized so much of like, it like feeds into yes. this like idea of like disordered eating and stuff. And like, I mean, for me, like all the disordered eating really set in in high school Mm -hmm. and I was losing a bunch of weight, like my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And it was super unhealthy. Like we were not doing it in a good way. Um, I had a couple of friends, like we got trapped into this cycle Mm -hmm. together because eating disorders, um, if you don't know this are super competitive. So it's like when you hear somebody else say like, Oh, like I haven't eaten lunch today, your brain goes, "Well, shoot. Like, well, I didn't, I didn't eat dinner yesterday. And like, yeah, it's just this competition and it feeds into it. So like. For me, I had a couple of friends that we were all going through it together and it just like felt so competitive. And then to get this validation, I was a swimmer at the time and so I was working out and I was getting strong, but like my eating habits were so unhealthy. Yeah. But I was getting this validation from family members from friends saying, oh, wow, Brianna, like you look so thin. You look so good. You look so skinny. You look so good. And it just kept feeding this need to, okay, I can keep going. I can keep going. I can get thinner. I'll get more praise. And it was never like you look strong or healthy or happy. It was like being thin was synonymous with a compliment. Oh my God. And it
1: is so true. And they always say like, and we're going to talk about our favorite accounts later, but like Jennifer Verland, absolutely love her. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. And she said like, one of her posts was, I am so sorry for anybody who complimented you yeah. for how you look in when you were struggling with yeah. an cancer." I can't tell you how many times people were like, oh, you're so toned. You look so good. And I was literally dying. Like, I yeah. remember like my heart rate was so low that you actually, yeah, you, you like pulled me aside sign. You're like, Hey, like, this ain't normal (laughs) and I was like oh it's not but like it's so true and I don't know if you had this experience but um I know that we talked about this before I feel like um a lot of times it depends what eating disorder you have I'm sure but um at least for me like I feel like a lot of it like coincided with like OCD tendencies just always counting all of these obsessive intrusive thoughts I literally could not go a single second of the day without thinking about my next meal, yeah. without thinking about like the the calories in yeah. it. I would weigh myself literally three times a day. Yeah, three like how much am I gonna change? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I weighed myself so much because I was so scared to gain weight. Yeah. I was literally terrified. And it was, you're so obsessed with like that number. Yes, yeah. As if like gaining weight is the absolute worst yeah. thing in the world I could do. Yeah, but like you know what they say is don't lose 98% of your life to wait – or 95% of your life to weight 5%
0: less. Oh, I love that. I haven't it's heard like, that one
1: before. I saw it, and I, I was like, that's so true, because, like, when you are trapped in this, like, eating disorder and, like, fear to, like, go out and get drinks with friends, you yeah. can't enjoy a single – You're losing
0: so much you, of your you
1: life. You so yeah. much life. And honestly, like, the years that are not even – I wasn't even in an eating disorder for years. It was probably about nine months, but it was honestly yeah. like nine months of like the worst time of my life.
0: Yeah. Like no, just straight up struggle, you know? Yeah, I think, and it's, I don't know. But, so I know you touched on this a little bit, but like I know when I was like at my thinnest in high school, like when I was like really in just like the throes of it, I still obviously never felt skinny enough. And like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I've I've been trapped in this pattern for like years now, I guess. Like, I mean, even now, like we're sitting down to talk about this, like, we both still struggle with like having a healthy mindset towards food and eating and stuff and so like i feel like it's it's easy to go back to that pattern or like that mindset that like i had in high school where it's like my life will begin once i'm thin yes like jill talked about that earlier but i remember thinking like Oh, like, like being 16 and being like, oh, well, like once I look good enough to be in a bikini, then I'll have so much fun at the beach. Yeah. I should have just put on a damn bikini and like had fun at the beach. But I kept envisioning how my life would look so much better and be so much better when I was thin. And like, spoiler, I never, like I never (laughs) got to that point. You will never hit that point. You never
1: will. And, um, I literally remember, like I went to a bar one time um when I was like struggling whatever and I remember seeing girls that were just like bigger than me just their body frame they looked amazing but like they were just like a bigger size than me and I remember literally looking at them and being so jealous I was like they are so confident and I just remember feeling like so upset because I was like wow like if I just had that confidence and I'm sure that those girls were struggling just as much maybe yeah. maybe they were super confident which all like more power to you if you are I'm so envious but like like I'm sure that they also had their own insecurities at night, yeah. too. Like, the grass is always greener. Yeah. No, yeah. 100%. Um,
0: how would you say, I guess, like, like I said, like, we still obviously, like, it's a lifelong process yes, learning to get over, like, the it patterns is. that are ingrained in us, but what were some of the things that helped you to sort of get out of that, like, eating disorder mindset and, like, overcome it? Like, did you Ooh, seek help? Did you work? Yeah. Up, like, how did you do that? Yes.
1: Okay. I honestly... I think that it's very important to like challenge your eating disorder all mm-hmm. the time. Like for example, the other day I made pancakes for breakfast and even I still like fall back into my eating disorder tendencies that like, I need to have the same breakfast every yeah. day that like, I like shouldn't have like three carbs a day. But honestly, like who cares? Like I could have pancakes for breakfast, like pasta yeah. for dinner and like pizza for lunch or yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> But, um, so, like, challenging that, and then also, I think a huge one is just, like, finding the root of the problem, and for me, and, like, tell me what yours is too after this. I feel like we're pretty similar, but for me, it's, like, it comes from a very, like, perfectionistic, Mm -hmm. very, very hard on myself standpoint that, like, I feel that if I am not perfect, like, I am not worthy, I will, like never get married, as dramatic (laughs) as that seems. Like, I will never have, like, friends. Like, I – you know, like, people will, like, just abandon me because I'm, like, not perfect enough. And I think that, like, figuring out the root of that problem and, like, I'm still working on this, like, with myself and I'm still trying to overcome this, that, like, understanding that, like, people are still going to love you because, like, you are only human. Like, there's no perfect human. Yeah. What what would you say yours?
0: I would say mine – mine was definitely – the environment that I was in with like that mix of perfectionism. I definitely have like the type A perfectionist tendencies. Mm -hmm. Um, I get like, I have anxiety, but like I, back in high school was a lot more of like social anxiety, like always being aware of like what people thought of me. And I, it, mine was definitely based on perfectionism. And then like the people that were around me, like a lot of mine was never wanting to be caught not being self-aware or like never wanting to be made fun of like I thought that if I could just fix everything about myself like my attitude my appearance my intelligence if I could just fix everything to be like perfect and just fly under the radar then like I would never be like the butt of a joke like I was so afraid of being the butt of a joke and like my town that I grew up in so Hey, listeners that are um, here from my Instagram. <laughs> if you grew up in Coronado, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's a very, very small town. It's a very privileged town. It's a very yeah. white picket fence, prim and proper. And there was a lot of pressure to fit into that mold yeah. of what all of the girls looked like. And that was like definitely sort of the the root of mine was just wanting to fit in and never wanting yeah. to be the outcast or the one that was lot yes. of a joke. Um, And I think that just, like, fed into it day in and day out, going to school, wanting to look like the other girls. And that totally, like, stoked it. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that that totally
1: applies to college as Mm -hmm. well. Like, just, like, comparison to, like, the girls around me and, like, okay, why do all, like, this group of girls, like, all the guys gravitate towards those girls because, like, they're thin and whatever. But, like, the right person and, like, the right friends and stuff. They don't judge you on your appearance, you know? Yeah. They judge you on how you make them feel, like, yeah. how kind you are. And we talked about this in our last episode, you know? And, like, that's yeah. what's really
0: important. That's how, like – to be honest, I, so I have, I go to therapy now. Um, and it's something that has been super helpful over the last couple of years in college, just like finally saying, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, there's a stigma. There shouldn't be a stigma. There is, I'm Mm going to step out of my comfort zone and I'm just like going to go get help and like talk to somebody about this. But I didn't have access to that in high school. And so I was stuck in this super toxic pattern of like disordered eating and like body image issues. And I didn't know anything about mental health, didn't know how to get help. And for me, like what helped me to get over it was exactly that. Like I took a summer away from my town. I got into like a summer college program. My parents drove me up to Northern California, mm-hmm. dropped me off for three months and just being entirely transplanted out of that yeah. area. I, I don't even think I had a phone. If I had a phone, it was like an iPhone four or something. Yeah. Like Social media was not nearly as big back then. So by removing me from like my physical location, I wasn't really keeping in touch with many of my friends, like Snapchat, Instagram, like none of that was as big. And I was literally just picked out of my toxic environment and dropped into a place with all these different Mm -hmm. people from all around the country. Like we had kids from different countries. Like it was just this whole new place where people were getting to know me as like a different human being and not one of the girls at my high school and stuff. Right. Yeah. And literally just being put into a different environment where I made some of the best friends of my life. Like they, they totally just like saw me for like the person that I right. was and not what I looked like, not the mold I was supposed to fit into. And literally just that summer was like the most healing yeah. experience ever. Yeah. Um, so like even without therapy, just like being removed from that toxic environment right. and finding friends that didn't care what I looked like yes. was so healing. It's- totally like about
1: your surroundings too mm-hmm. obviously not entirely but it plays such a huge part yeah. in the environment that you're in the competitive nature of like the people around you yeah absolutely and honestly like taking these experiences and like applying it more to like society as a whole i feel like this is where like we really fall short as like a society
0: 100
1: yeah like why is there such like so much fat phobia? You know, why, yeah. why is there this Eurocentric standard of beauty that yeah.
0: is completely like found throughout everywhere? Like, yeah, you know, like, and I, the, the whole like the fat phobia, like it bleeds into every aspect oh of God, our advertising and stuff. Like, I feel like it used to be even like when we were growing up in like the early 2000s and stuff, like it was very, very blatant. Like, even now, like, skinny pop. Skinny Pop, like, Skinny I, Pop. I used to eat it because it freaking tasted good. Yeah. But, like, thinking about, I like, think about like that. there was a whole brand of popcorn based on fat phobia. Yes. Literally called Skinny Pop. Like, and that happens, like, with a ton of different oh. brands. Like, they're feeding off of your fear of being overweight, which is yes. so toxic. It's so
1: toxic. And this is, and they wonder why so many people struggle with this. But yeah. this is what we're surrounded by. And do you remember when we were watching that we like went back and like watched old um, like Halloween episodes of different shows and like Christmas episodes of like different Disney shows, yeah? yeah. (laughs) But we were watching this episode of Sweet Life on Deck, which here's all the Disney people. I watched it way too late in my life. I literally love Disney Channel, but like there was this episode of Sweet Life on Deck where London Timpton tipton 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 yeah, tipton. yeah. Um, she's looking in the mirror and like said something like mean to the mirror and the mirror talks back and I forget what she said but the mirror literally said like like talk to me like that again and I'll make you look fat for like the rest of your yeah, life I'll or make something. you look fat in
0: every outfit you or, wear yeah or something
1: like that Yeah, I was like or, and then he said like well fatter
0: or something like that yeah it was ridiculous I couldn't even believe And that's something I like, I watched that show a million times over. I love the Halloween episodes. Like I know I watched that Uh growing up and it's something I never caught on to until now, which is even scarier that that was like just going into my mind. Like that was just something. So like, that's me at age 10, internalizing fat, bad, move on with the rest of my day until something else triggers fat equals bad. And then I keep going and it becomes ingrained. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, and imagine
1: like somebody already struggling with that and then seeing a show yeah. and then that's what that's what they're putting for like these kids and like viewers that like your most impressionable audience, this is what they
0: are marketing to you. Like it's just so sad. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, the thing that really ticks me off the most is that oftentimes it's like under this guise of, well... We're just trying to make sure that you're healthy. Okay. Oh my God. Weight does not equal nope. health. Like we are walking like billboards for that, that like yes. both of us have said, like when we were at our skinniest quote unquote, getting tons of compliments for being healthy, for looking yes. healthy, like we were both at our most unhealthy Yes. and like, get, like having a certain amount of weight, like doesn't make you unhealthy either. Like this, this like crap that like skinny pop is like, Oh, like, well, we're just trying to make sure that you're healthy no, you're trying to shame us yes. into being skinny. Like, yes. Oh not mean Oh my wait, God. Oh
1: oh my God. Yeah. It's so true. And like, I think the first thing when like dealing with this, there's so many different accounts, for example, on Instagram or like whatever social media platform you're on that you can follow. And they're like showing you workout routines and whatever and I used to follow this I would follow like all these foodie things and whatever oh my god my whole feed was like healthy alternatives to
0: food like that just yeah discover page on Instagram it was all food yeah like I'm sorry but like and yeah I'm right there with you and I'm sorry but if you are swapping out bread for bell peppers because (laughs) you're craving bell peppers great Yes. If okay, you good. are swapping bell peppers for bread for your turkey sandwich like you don't need to like Ew. carbs are not bad like carbs are like bad. food needs to be looked at as
1: fuel and not yes. the enemy yes and that's like a huge oh issue God. I actually I went on my like discover instagram page <laughs> today and I saw something that was like food and it was like Two foods compared, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, why? Why is this here?" I almost—I yeah. literally was triggered, <laughs> and I clicked on it, and it was—it was about like why a kid will eat a single piece of cheese but not a grilled cheese because like the texture is different. And I was like, "Oh, you like <laughs> I am on the right side of Instagram." Still. <laughs> so like, I was like literally triggered, but like yeah. this brings me to my point. Like when you're trying to like recover and you're trying to pull yourself out of this mindset, the healthiest thing that you can do is unfollow all of these accounts. You might not think that it's making you feel bad to see. These people posting their workout routines, unfollow them literally right now and go follow accounts that are body positive, that are eating disorder recovery specialists. I will, we'll name a few of the accounts that we really like at the end, but like, that's how you pull yourself out of this because obviously like going, not everybody has access to therapy, obviously like highly recommend therapy. It's like life changing, but, um, and honestly, even if you don't think that you're going through everything, Anything at all. It's just nice to talk to somebody. Yeah, like if you don't have access, like the best thing that you can do for yourself is then follow accounts that like make you feel bad.
0: I used to follow this one um, influencer, Danny Austin. Um, I think she's fantastic, but she's like a very petite person, and she was writing like a blog post one week on body image and stuff. And one of the things she literally wrote on her own page, right? Like her job is to have followers and to be an influencer. And she wrote, like, that you need to get rid of anybody that makes you feel less than or anybody that makes you mm. feel insecure about yourself um, on your social media feed. And then she took a moment and she literally wrote, If that's me, unfollow me. Wow. She was like, If I, if the way that I look, if my stature, if anything about me makes you feel less than or insecure or anything, like, I will be the first one to say, like, unfollow the heck out of me. Like, come back, when, like, if you're ready to, when mm-hmm. you're ready to. But, like, anybody out there that like makes you feel insecure like you don't owe it to them to follow you know like that's so
1: good and like highly respect her for even saying that and
0: also it can be tricky when the people who are triggering you like are ones that are like at your school or people that are in like associated friend groups I'm gonna let you in on a little secret the mute button yeah the unfollow (laughs) button on Instagram when like sometimes you have people in your life that like oh shoot like we're school friends we're whatever friends like I want to follow them. I don't want to, like, cause drama, but, like, I need to do this for my mental health. Just mute them for a little bit. Yeah, like, if so seeing, right. like, that body type triggers you on your page, just mute it until you're well Yes. Again. Yeah. Yes.
1: And on um, a side note, with, like, fat phobia, all things like this, honestly, like, ditch the scale. I have <sighs> oh, not man. weighed myself. I don't know my weight. I don't want to know my weight. I literally – that was the best thing for me. I, yeah. I think, like, obviously, like, we – like, I mean – personally, I can't speak for you, but, like, still, like, struggling with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, so much better than I ever was in my life right now. But, like, still, obviously, like, have my struggles and stuff. And I think that, like, even weighing myself right now would send me spiraling. Like, yeah. I, I'm not even going to do it to myself. Why would yeah. I, you know? Like, you, you are – in control of this situation. Like you don't have to weigh yourself. Like don't even have the scale anywhere. Yeah. We, we don't have scale. In we department. don't have a scale in our apartment. And that. it's great. Yeah. yeah.
0: I had to go in for a doctor's appointment a few months ago. And the literal number one thing I was stressed out about was getting weighed at the doctor's mm-hmm. office. And I had seen, again, we will talk about Instagram handles, but I had seen on one of the influencers that I follow, she doesn't weigh herself after struggling with disordered eating also. And she was saying when she goes to the doctor's office, she just tells them, Hey, I've had some struggles with this can I get on the scale backwards and can you just not tell me? So that's what I do now. I go into the yeah. doctors and I just tell them, hey, like I just have a history with like disordered eating. I'm not really um, looking to know what my weight is. I just don't really want to know that number. Obviously you can talk to me if there's a health concern and then I step on backwards and they don't tell me what it is. Yeah. And it's so much better for my oh mental health.
1: God. That's, yeah, I've never actually, honestly, like, I need to get a doctor. (laughs) I haven't been to the doctor in so long, (laughs) so, like, the, like, note taken next time we go. Yeah, because that number doesn't define you, like, yeah, it doesn't. Oh, my God, it just, I literally, I remember freshman year of college in my, like, one of my first biology classes ever taken, the professor said, he said, if somebody asks you how much you weigh, you should respond when, because your weight fluctuates so ma- much yeah. throughout the day. You never should respond with a number because if you drink a glass of milk or a glass of water, <laughs> you're going to weigh more than if you didn't. And if yeah. you wake up in the morning or after you have like existed for a day, like you're going to weigh more at the end of the yeah. day. Like it just 100%. happens. So like, why are we basing that? And also like two people with entirely different body types could have the same exact weight.
0: Oh my God. I know. That's the thing, is like, we t- even people with like similar measurements yes. and the same height, like you can still have a different body type. Like some people are built with, um, broader shoulders. Some people have larger yeah. chest, larger hips. Like everybody carries weight differently. More people have muscle or more people have fat. Like yeah. it doesn't, like that number is not reflective at all like I know. You, like literally some um like some gymnasts or some like triathletes and stuff if you look at their bmi they're technically considered overweight because they have so much muscle they're yeah. way healthier oh, than any Absolutely. Of us. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's I just not never. reflective
1: at all i know but um so i also like i still struggle with this but i do feel like it is the case that a lot of people still, I think it's just like normalized in our society. Like the people that get the attention are like yeah. the skinny, like whatever, you know? And like, that still bothers me. And I know that like, obviously like the right people, the nice people would not
0: be like that. Yeah. And, but like, it's still i don't know well ours is, like our whole society okay and this is coming like we are both very aware that we like both have sin privilege and we're yeah, both absolutely like, we're existing in like this like normal like what is it called like the normal size clothing there's like yeah yeah the normal size clothing um like we exist in that and so like we do like benefit off of like how society is set up right now but like at the same time like we can still recognize like the issues that there are. Like if you go into a store, you're going to see what like zero to 12 that size. If you go online, Oh, there's like plus size clothing online, but it's not in store to like try on. And like, if you go to, we were just watching the bachelor a couple weeks ago and they had like all the girls go in and try on dresses oh my God, like I would have a panic attack in that room if I was forced to just go try on a bunch of dresses. Like you don't, like I guarantee you they only had like size like zero, two, four. there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and so it's just like, like we exist in a world in which like life is easier if you're thin. And so then again, that reinforces life is easier if you're thin. It's better if you're thin. It's just life is going to be more simple. Yeah, and it's a toxic way of thinking. Yeah, Also, I would like to say about The Bachelor, I don't know if anybody's watching
1: this season, Well, one, I'm very disappointed in the amount of bullying going on and the slut shaming and everything. But that's for a different episode. (laughs) But also, like, they they put Victoria on this show, and she's, like, a complete psychopath, as I'm sure people (laughs) who have watched have known. And, I mean, granted, the producers probably add a whole lot to it, but, like... But Victoria is, like, <laughs> yeah, she's, like, the first, like, normal size person on The Bachelor, yeah. like, in that mainstream, like, clothing size. Why is she the crazy one? Like, maybe it just happened to work out like that, but I don't know.
0: Like, come I know. on. I would love to see more body diversity on oh, The yeah. Bachelor. Literally on any show like that. Yeah.
1: Any reality show, there's no body diversity. Not at
0: all. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So now, let's see. Let's go ahead and talk about maybe some like mentors or social media figures that just like are such a good like way to like fill up your social media. Yes. Like who do we want to be seeing on our feed and what do we want to be filling our mind and our free time and our scrolling with?
1: Yes. I know we had mentioned it before, but Jennifer,
0: whoa,
1: (laughs) let me try again. Jennifer (laughs) Roland is absolutely amazing. She's an eating disorder specialist. Yeah. We both love her. Yes. She just posts so many like Relatable quotes, and I
0: it's just you feel so seen and like heard reading those, and I feel like that's really important. And she's like an actual licensed therapist, so I know like I have accounts that I go to for body positivity, Mm -hmm. just like overall, and like more influencer figures, and then she's one where. Like although you're not actually in therapy, like she is a licensed therapist, and so a lot of time like reading her work and reading her blog posts and stuff, like that's actually coming from like a trained dietitian, yeah, and stuff, which
1: is really important. which is another
0: good side to have. Um,
1: and then I also really like Mick Zazon. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know how she's to say great. her name. M I K, and then her last name is Z A Z O N, and she is super body positive. She's not like a trained therapist or anything, but like. Just, like, a very positive person when you're, like, feeling down just to know. Yeah. And also, I have noticed, like, these accounts that I follow to see, like, other girls from PC, like, following, or, or like, also following the National Eating Disorder yeah. Disorder Association. I'm like, wow, like, other people are going through this that, like, I would have never guessed. And yeah. then, like, you see them following that account, and you're like, oh my god, like, wait a second, you too? Yeah. <laughs> like, same. Yeah.
0: Um, I think one of my favorite ones that I follow, this is more in the influencer vein, I follow the Bird's Papaya. I swear to God, I never shut up about her. I tried to love get, her, Bri. I try to get everybody <laughs> in my life to follow her. but I followed her. Yay. <laughs> but that's because she was the first body positive influencer that I started following like a couple years ago when I was like, okay, like it's time to really get over this. Like I, I want to get out of this mindset and I want to yes. start filling my space with people who are going to encourage me to love myself as I am. So she is um, an influencer and she started out, like she got her fame from – She lost like a 100 pounds and from that she ended up getting this like huge popularity in Canada. She's Canadian from like going through this crazy fitness journey and she realized like when she was at her fitness like she was so unhappy after that and so she started building her brand and everything on like okay, to be healthy, I need to gain a little bit more weight because it's going to be healthy for my mind and for my heart and for my life and stuff. And so now everything she posts about is just being comfortable with your body and being happy with your body. And she's totally flipped the script on like what actually got her famous in the first place was like losing a bunch of weight. Like now she talks about like actually like being a real person. I love it. Also surrounding
1: yourself by good friends is the most important thing for your mental health. And that is like your best support system. I will say it like every single day. Like it's, that's the most important. If you're surrounded by people that make you feel bad about yourself, then it's only going to make you feel worse. You are never – like, you know, you have to yeah. surround yourself by people that, like, encourage you and, like, help you.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, so I guess, like, looking forward. So one of the podcasts that I listen to, it's called Diet Starts Tomorrow. Um, I mm-hmm. swear to God, it is contrary to everything that that title looks like. Um, <laughs> a- Ecstatic Diet culture diets do not work. <laughs> can't um, work. Um, it's a couple of girls from, like, uh, the – The Betches franchise, and one of the things that they talk about, so they're talking about like fighting against diet culture, and one of the things that they always say at the end of their episodes are what was your non-scale goal of the week so like we get so wrapped up in like oh my goal is to lose five pounds like my new year's resolution is lose 10 pounds what is a non-scale goal that you have or like a non-scale win that you had this week yeah so i think that that's like so a non-scale win would be like me eating like one of my fear foods or whatever right like one of the foods that really stresses me out or like A a non-scale win would be, oh, like I went for a run because I wanted to, not because I felt like I had to. Yes. yes. So I think that's like something that looking forward, I love that idea of like trying to have more of those non-scale wins in my house. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because a
1: lot of people forget about like exercise addiction too. Like you just said that. And it's so true that you wanna do things just for like your own enjoyment or like if you really are craving something, allowing yourself to have it, like that is way more powerful than like resisting the urge yeah. to have it. And
0: that's um that's getting I can't believe we actually haven't mentioned this yet, but that's intuitive eating. Yes. So and that's something that I've been trying to work on for like, I guess like since graduating. That's been that's like the first time I saw a TikTok about it and I was like Oh, like that seems super great. Like when I actually want something, that's when I'm going to eat it. And like, if I'm not craving it, I'm not going to eat it. Like I feel like exercising today, not like today I feel like sleeping in. And so like learning to like actually trust my body and knowing that my body knows what it needs. And like, it's been so conditioned for so long to like fit into this mold. But if I take a step back and let it tell me what it needs, it's going to take a while to get there, but my body will be able to tell me what it needs. Absolutely. Your body knows best. Yeah. You have to listen to your body.
1: It's so important. Yeah. And even with like clothing and everything, like if your clothing doesn't fit, like you don't need to shrink oh my God. to fit into your clothing. Like you you just buy new clothes. You know, yeah. it's not the end of the world. I saw this um I saw, like, this, like, relatable thing to that situation. And it was, like, if your bed looks too small for your room, <laughs> you wouldn't, like, buy a different house. So, like, the bed looks yeah. like it fits
0: in your room better, yeah. you would just
1: buy a bigger bed. Yeah, like, you know? what is
0: more, like, what is more valuable, you as a human or the pair of jeans that no longer fit you? And like you're right. You, like, you are not made to fit those clothes. Like, those clothes are made to fit you. Like, yes. you need to buy clothes that are made – like, yes. their whole purpose is to fit you and uh-huh. for you to be able to wear them and for you to be a human – and run around and have fun. Like you are not made to fit into a certain size or a certain piece of clothing. Oh my God, it's so true. Um, So let's go ahead and finish off this episode with a couple of affirmations. Um, Just, I guess, like what are a couple of things that you tell yourself or like phrases that you've heard that sort of stick with you when you're going through it?
1: So one of the affirmations that I say every day is I love my body as it is today because if you can't change it, you just need to accept it. And love it and love it, like, full-heartedly because that's the body that you have and that's the one you're given. So just, like, accept it as it is in that day.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, I think mine would probably be – I guess I have two if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one comes from that Jennifer Rollins page, but I've seen it other places too – and it's just, you deserve more than a life trying to shrink oh your body. Oh my God. I love that and it's one. And it's, it's so it's true. It's so true. Like you deserve more than to wake up every single day and think, how can I shrink myself? Yes. Um, so that's what I try to tell myself when I'm having a moment. And then I think the other one would be, um, this is something that I feel like really helped me after taking science courses in college. Like yeah, thank your body for everything that it does for you. Yes. And like, thank your body for how it fuels you. Like. I am thankful for the way that my body moves and runs and jumps so I can play with my little sister in the snow. Like, I'm thankful for the way that my arms work so I can hold up my favorite little kiddos that I watch. Like, I'm thankful for all that my body does for me. Yes, absolutely.
1: And just as a reminder, if your thoughts are consumed by food or exercise or worrying about your weight, like these concerns are valid and you are absolutely, you are totally encouraged to get help and (laughs) yes, you are seen. And there are more people that have struggled with this than I'm sure. And honestly, I was really nervous filming this and like wrapping it up too, because like, so many people don't know this about me. Like yeah. I've literally only told my closest friends yeah. and like my family, but even like, I feel like my family doesn't entirely know about it. Like yeah, I literally, 100%. and so like to open it up to like everybody else, it's like, well, here it is guys. <laughs> Enjoy do with it what you will. But like, yeah. it was like really, it was really hard. So
0: sorry if it was all over the place. No. <laughs> and that's, I think that's what's important is like, this was a hard conversation for us to have. and And I feel like we're pretty good about trying to like, at least even just in between us, like we try to talk about like mental health and body positivity and like talking about it. Like this is a really hard conversation to have, but I think the more that we can have these conversations, the more it doesn't like the more you can talk about something, the less shame feels associated with it. And for something that so many freaking women are dealing with, it shouldn't be such like a secretive hush topic. Like it needs to be something that we can talk about more without shame so that we can all like start getting help.
1: Yeah. How many women and actually how many people in general, because I know just as likely men can go through disorders too. You are seen if you're
0: listening to this, probably (laughs) not, but you know what? If you are, you rock. (laughs) Yeah. This stat is one in five people are diagnosed with an actual eating Crazy. disorder. So then we think about the people who don't have access to yeah. actual therapists to get them diagnosed. And then we also think about all the people who are just on the spectrum of disordered eating yeah. or just in general having body image issues. Like that is so many people. Oh my God. I'm sure it affects the majority of people. So many
1: people. Yeah. And we're trying to work to a better society that we do not need to worry
0: about. Yeah. So we're just outward appearance. having the conversations to try to yes, get it flowing a little more We there.
1: are fixing ourselves from the inside out. We are working yes. on ourselves and it's good to work on yourself, but just make sure you do it with intention for the right reason. And you are beautiful and you are loved. And yeah. All right.
0: Well, thanks for listening <laughs> yeah. this week, guys. Um, we will be back next week with another topic on Thursday. Um... And until then, see you you next next week.